0: welcome to money savage a savage approach personal finance this is george grabacher and the time is right welcome to today's guest a strong and powerful ken green ken are you ready
1: to do this i am ready thank you thanks Excellent. for having
0: me on yeah you bet let's, let's let's do this ken is the engineer of finance he is a professional engineer he's an entrepreneur a speaker and the owner of green finance and insurance i'm excited to have you on Ken, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, my personal life, like if I'm married, I'm married. I have a daughter, son, wife. I am an investment advisor, live in Reno, Nevada. Got in this industry in 2008, and I could tell I share a little bit about that story, how I got in, and I'm a licensed civil engineer, I'm a PE, and have a Bachelor of Science in Electrical and Civil Engineering. Nice. I appreciate that. And What is your why, Ken? Why as in why I'm in this industry? Yes. I craved to be the advisor that didn't exist for me when I was 22. And so that's my big why. And my eyes got really opened up in 2008 when land development was really big and it's big again, uh, but it all stopped, came to a screeching halt. So I wasn't doing any more land development, no public works projects, and literally was on the street well not literally figuratively i'm on the streets (laughs) with a sign saying i'll engineer for food and i always wanted to learn about finances and money i was like hey this is a great time to i love the reno tahoe area so i decided to get into the financial industry and quickly found out that a lot in the industry were just very hardworking, charismatic salespeople and we got some great mentorship a couple years later and my big why i'm in this industry um, a person opened up my eyes to a, Just a way different way to play the game was Nelson Nash, and uh, who passed away uh, within the last year. Uh, but him and some other great mentors is my why. I just love troubleshooting. I love designing. And I love helping clients um, enjoy more of their money today and create potential for a way wealthier tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Amen. So you mentioned Nelson Nash. Is he the gentleman behind the Infinite Banking concept?
1: That's right. Yeah, he uh, he's the one who wrote the book, Become Your Own Banker. And I, I cannot tell you how much I was sick of the industry. and uh, But uh, an advisor that I really admired had a book sitting in the back of his bookshelf. And I was like, you know, I've seen that before somewhere. He's all, like, hey, here, have it. And it was like my one-day vacation with uh, not my wife, uh, but we were together for quite some time down to San Francisco, and I just could not put that book down. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is real! I got to teach this to the world." And uh, so, yes, that was that the that Nelson Nash. Nice. Uh, he's the one to open up my eyes, and that's why I'm in the industry today. If it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't be here.
0: Well, fair enough. And rest in peace. I, I was unaware that that he had passed away. So, so you are a professional engineer, and obviously. Uh, well, I don't know if it's obvious or not. My my, my perception is that uh, that engineers' brains work a little bit differently. I don't know if you think that that's true or it's not, but let's just assume that 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 your brain is unique because I'm sure that it is. So, what is it about the infinite banking concept that 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 your brain likes so much, or that your heart likes so much,
1: or that you like so much, Ken? Well, I could step back on the engineering side. I mean, it's uh, every time I go into a, a meeting. And I'm surrounded by other financial advisors, and I'm asking a lot of questions. A lot of advisors really struggle dealing with engineers because we ask a lot of questions. We really want to dive into details. And uh, accountants are very similar. Mm-hmm. And so coming into this industry, I, f- I felt like the entire industry hated my guts <laughs> and because I just kept asking why, why, why. And a lot of them, I just didn't like diving into the details. Don't bore them with the details, right? It's just... And it's just a very sales-focused industry. And I think, um, well, a couple things, what's really great and what's, I have this love-hate relationship for the industry. I love my clients. And we have uh, access to the, in my opinion, this country, the best financial products in the world. It's just making sure they're used in synergy. Unfortunately, way too many people think one product's gonna solve the problem. And the reality is when you just get everything working in alignment, everything working in synergy, and then creating financials that – strategies that are specific to what that family or individual wants to create, that's what makes you know this industry so much fun is working individually with, with uh, families and, and people. The IBC – and I love troubleshooting. I love designing. I think from the engineering standpoint, details are important. They're incredibly important. And um, diving into it, troubleshooting and creating a a design around it, I I think is what having my brain being an engineer is a very, very nice carryover to the financial industry. The hardest part was just me learning how to work with human beings. Right. (laughs) That that was the hardest part. And so that took. And so my my also so grateful for this industry because it made me grow up a lot. I got very. I learned to be talked down to a lot when I first got in this industry. Uh, I learned to a lot of humility and uh, just because not everyone's going to like you, and so that part was 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 great as well. And then on the IBC component, what was just so fascinating to me is why I got into this industry is because I was very aggressive with investments. I was peddled to the metal. I was always chasing rates of return. I mean I'm an engineer I like math and so I was very focused on the the percentage rates like why have money in savings making 0% or very little when I can have everything leveraged in all these investments and chase these rates of return well when the perfect storm hit me when I lost my you know the engineering income went away my land that I owned outright I couldn't move because it wasn't liquid all my investments were tied up not liquid and then Uh, you know, you still got to pay your mortgage, you still got to pay a check. Well, if you don't have anything liquid, you don't have anything in savings, you're not going to survive very long. And no, an advisor never sat down with me when I was 22 talking about the importance of just having a bunch of liquidity. What I found fascinating about what Nelson Nash was teaching, and I feel, unfortunately, I feel like a lot in the industry, too many in the industry have perverted his message because his message is, is, is brilliant. And it's a brilliant book. And me who loves details, really his book, his original book was, was very conceptual. Uh, but it's like, wow, just walking through the mindset and everything he was showing. And I was like, if you can design using a whole, a dividend paying whole life insurance policy, which I've had fun with, I've called the bank of source now because of my logos and themes. And I just love teaching and kidifying things, making it fun. Uh, but if you, when you see if you design these things correctly, they, it is probably one of the most powerful places to store cash. And I just, so that's why, and I dove into it. I studied it for over nine months. I flew down to Vegas numerous times. I wanted to meet Nelson. Um, I surrounded myself with brilliant mentors. And I, I cannot tell you how many hundreds of different scenarios I went through to make sure this was a real deal. And then my first client was me. And so that's, and I would say the engineering part is, I just, my wife would call it obsessing. I just want to understand it and I want to understand it, it uh, really, really well. And so hopefully that, that's my long winded answer. Nice. Hopefully that's helpful.
0: No, oh, thank you very much. So, um, just so, just so those who are listening, IBC is infinite banking concept. And I know that I mentioned it at the top, but, um, awesome. So I, I, I appreciate everything you just said very very well. And I could certainly see why you'd be frustrated uh, about the industry, because as it is, there are a lot of a lot of good salespeople who are out there selling these products and selling them incorrectly and just wield wield, wield them wield, wielding them as a hammer and everybody's a nail. And in fact, whole life is not it does not cure cancer. It does a lot of really good things, but when used incorrectly, it's it's a terrible thing, and when sold to the wrong person, it's a terrible thing, um, and you've certainly said that. So I appreciate that very much. Um, how best to unpack this? Uh, do you want to give an, an overview of, of 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 why you like it so much? I'm curious what you say to people when they say that whole life sucks, what you say to Dave Ramsey and folks like that when they say it's a crappy place for money um, I'll just let you choose there.
1: Well, I, in regards to Dave Ramsey, I mean, he's an incredible financial entertainer. I used to listen to him all the time when he was here locally on the radio. And I think that he has solved one of the biggest problems for a lot of American households is living, living within your means Mm -hmm. and saving and not having this, this debt monster, uh, creating financial slavery, you know, for the rest of your life. And so I think he's accomplished for a lot of people who've, learn from him as he solved one of the major problems of getting people to save and live within their means mm-hmm. uh in regards to and you specifically mentioned his name i, I don't think him in regards to his comments about credit cards are crap and whole life insurance is uh and he might not use that word but he hates credit cards mm-hmm. and he hates whole life insurance and on both those components depending upon the individual Uh, I just don't think you can make one big sweep like that. I think uh, for a lot of families that I've worked with, uh, a well-designed policy, and depending upon what the strategies are, it is probably one of the most powerful products you could ever buy, is whole life insurance. And credit cards, I'm not a huge fan of the Federal Reserve, and I'm not a huge fan of uh, fractional uh, banking. However, it's what we live in, and when you look at creating wealth, I mean, one of the Best ways to create wealth is getting $1 to serve numerous per- benefits simultaneously. And so when you can start leveraging that, look how banks make money. I mean, they make money off the spread, giving us, well, used to be pretty decent, some of these online accounts, but giving us, what, a 10th or one of these high-yield ones sure. I looked at the other day was claiming 0.05. I'm like, mm. How in the world is that considered high-yield, <laughs> uh, 0.05% APR? Uh, but when you look at the banks, do you say, hey, we're going to go, fine, I get it. I, I appreciate Ramsey's approach. Let's save money. And he's right. You have to have savings. You got to have that liquidity. That's where it all begins. You have to have a strong foundation, working uh, interest working in your favor. But you go leverage 100 grand, put it into one of these high yield accounts, let's just say it's a tenth of a percent. Yeah, you made $100 a year. And then you get a 1099 uh, miscellaneous on that, then you owe 20% or 30%. So you really kept what, 80 $70? Yeah. Uh, but then they go out and leverage it and lend it to your neighbors, so she or he can go out and buy a Tesla, and that that hundred thousand they're making it on an interest only example. Say they did that loan at four point one percent. You get a tenth, they get four. It's, it's incredible. They're making four thousand a year on whose money, mine and yours. And so you take the spread, but then that's not a good enough. So they're doing uh, when you look at it from a percentage standpoint, they're uh, they're getting four thousand you're getting 100. You look at at a ratio of 40 to 1, that's a 4,000% ROI. Hmm. And that's not good enough. (laughs) Then they get to go uh, leverage it out at 10 to 1 ratio through fractional banking. But when you understand the model, now if you and I did that, we'd be thrown in jail. That's called a Ponzi scheme. Hmm. But through fractional banking legally, that's how it works. It's good to understand how they're able to leverage that debt. But when we understand that model and if we can apply the principles of, hey, savings, which Ramsey's really good at teaching, understand the spread, which the banks have mastered, and then understand that we can't do fractional banking and leverage at a 10 to 1 plus ratio. It's actually way more uh, expanded because of COVID this year. Uh, They don't have to have one for that 10 in, in reserve. You know, they don't have to have $1 in reserve. The when you but the brilliance of it and how we can apply it for families and how I like walking clients and families through it is that if you have the ability to go leverage that uh, idea of getting one dollar to serve numerous benefits and then you tie that to like an investment like real estate where you're getting four different uh, benefits with one dollar or when you tie it, which is one of my favorite assets, and then right with it as a saving strategy is uh, the bank of sores, which is just my fun term for a well-designed whole life policy. You're getting about at least eight simultaneous benefits with $1. So my argument would be why I love it and why I think some that uh, discourage it, I just think they just probably don't know what I know. Yeah, Yeah, I I I mean, I think if I had a one-on-one discussion with Mr. Ramsey or other people that disagree. Probably one of my favorite meetings years ago would be when a husband and wife sits down and either the wife or the husband have their arms folded, saying, Hey, we're not doing this. We've done all this research on the internet. And I said, well, Hey, well, we have an hour scheduled together. Why don't you lay out all the reasons why you don't want to do this? And I I'm a huge believer that if the majority of people have the same exact, we all come to conclusions based upon certain amount of data we've been provided. But I think that once you might make a decision, not you, George, but someone might say, hey, I got three sets of facts and this is what I'm going to make my decision on. What I like is I'll bring another 30, 40 set of facts with it and then educate my clients, educate listeners as I walk through it. And I'm a believer that most of us, if we're sane and we have the same set of facts, the majority of us will come to the same conclusion. And I think uh, a lot out there that uh, don't understand the value or really understand how dividend-paying whole life insurance works, could poo-poo it, but then once they have a conversation with me and we walk through all the cons, we walk through all the pros, I would say the majority would come out understanding how valuable this product can be if it's implemented correctly and if it's part of the right financial strategy for that individual or family.
0: Perfect. Are there certain parameters or criteria that you say, and and I know it's always going to be dependent on the situation, uh, but for example, a great candidate would probably be somebody or some family unit that had six months worth of cash reserves, that had long-term savings perhaps in a qualified plan, and they they owned a home, and they're looking for some other place to have money, that would probably be a great fit for this. Do you have certain criteria like that where you say you have to have these in place first before you consider this?
1: Um, Specific to uh, whole life insurance? Yeah. that The bank of Soros? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the bankosaurus. I mean, it's one of my great, when I have clients come on board Is like my favorite gift is I have this t-shirt with this be- <laughs> big, beautiful bankosaurus. My son loves wearing his around at school. <laughs> does so, he? Oh yeah, he loves it. And then uh, some of my clients with kids, they all have their little uh, bankosaurus shirts on and it's just, it makes my day. Yeah. And, and the way I describe him, he's just like, he's just your big protector. I mean, he just, all he does is, takes your money with you and protects it and uh, i would say a qualifier Or number two uh, the two top qualifiers qualifiers is that you have to be healthy you have to qualify with your health and wealth those are the top two qualifiers because uh these insurance companies uh you know they're very very careful who they're going to bring into this club and because it's it's a small leverage of money initially in premium and a very big payout if someone died. And so those are two qualifiers. So if you have someone that's not healthy enough, they're not going to be able to, to, to do it. Hmm. And, and then also income streams to your point is, uh, depending upon, and then I like using a combination. It just depends. And it just depends on the structure. Um, uh, so the, I don't know how to give a, a uniform answer to it, but yeah, you, you have to have your health and you have to have the wealth to justify doing it. Those, those are two major ones. And I know it sounds like I'm simplifying it, uh, but that's probably the best way I can answer it at this time.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I was, I was looking for a simple answer. So, um, this is perhaps a, a foolish question cause it might take us a little too long, but we're, we're, we're in a pretty low interest rate environment and I don't know what's going to be happening in the future, but let's just say theoretically speaking that, that this persists for 10 years. Is that going to impair these insurance companies ability to, to maintain their dividend structures?
1: Well, they, they modify them. I think all of them have had to uh, modify their dividends. And when we're, I mean, you look at what interest rates were. Have you ever watched, uh, I, you watch some of these older movies. Like I think with <sighs> a couple of years ago, I'm watching Rocky too. Sure. And they're looking at, uh, Rocky's with his wife that are looking to buy a house. And I think, oh yeah, what's mortgage rates. And I think they threw out a number like 12, 13%. Right. right? Like it was nothing in the movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a great way to learn history. Um, some, some of these movies. So, I mean, interest rates were, were through the roof in the early '80s, and now we're in a very low interest rate environment. And so, if I understand your question right, do I think interest rates will go down uh, for dividends? I'm, I'm sure they will. Uh, why wouldn't they? Uh, but when you lay, when you look at it comparatively, I mean, I have what's considered a year ago was 2.2 percent one of my savings accounts, and now it's down to six tenths. Right. Right. In, in a year. Now, I have numerous policies in my family. So we have Bank of Source 1, we have Bank of Source 2, we've got (laughs) Bank of Source 3, we've got Bank of Source 4. We'll probably add a few more. And uh, it's just a very powerful place to move money into because if you look at one of my original policies and you look at it from the use of today's dollars going in uh, for what it's going to grow, even with dividends, which in one of these companies uh, hasn't been reduced, but another one has slightly, um, the, the, net yield, if you look at it for today's use of dollars, I mean, this thing's growing, um, well over uh, 10% that year, where else would I put my money? Now I'm not talking about internal rate of return. So it might sound a little confusing, but things that I put in place years ago, there is not one other saving strategy out there that would hold a candle, uh, to my bank of That's another word I learned. It's either bank of or bank so
0: nice i I appreciate um,
1: that so (laughs) so hopefully that helps i don't know any other place to store my my money um not i shouldn't say that mattress is really good Mm. savings accounts can be good uh having uh, several bank of sources can be really good too and uh and sure if the interest rates go down uh sure but compared to everything else it's i still think it'll be a very strong performer especially when you see the these models and how they do it and the uh, actuarial, actuarial science behind it and a lot of the really good carriers, the mutual life companies, they have managed and run operations and paid dividends for well over 100, 125, 150 years. It's an incredibly strong track record because they're not trying to impress uh, shareholders every quarter like the stock market. And I'm not anti-stock market. I'm an investment advisor. It has its place, too. It can be a very powerful place to put money as well.
0: Love it. Well, okay. Ken, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: A difference making tip, I would say probably the most powerful things besides learning more about the Bank of would be uh, create a savings slash checking account or both where you put a minimum of ten to twenty percent of your gross income automatically and make it automatic. For example, with my company payroll and pay twice a month, twenty percent of my gross Salary automatically goes into a separate account. All it's meant to do is protect and grow my money. Treat your money like a business. That that strategy right there, and I nickname it, it's called the green machine with an E. Um, The green machine, that strategy right there, and when you pay yourself first that way and you automate it and it's out of sight, out of mind, watch the kind of velocity of money is created in several months. It'll amaze you
0: like that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on Ken thank you so much for coming on where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they get a hold of one of those one of those
1: Bankosaurus t-shirts the Bankosaurus t-shirts uh, you can always <laughs> go to my website engineeroffinance.com and schedule a time talk to me for a few minutes i uh, love to meet you and also I'm the host of the Engineer of Finance podcast and if you'd like to learn more about some of the ideas and concepts what's going on in this brain Uh, those would probably be the two best ways to uh, reach out and learn more about me.
0: Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Ken your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to engineeroffinance.com and check out the Engineer of Finance podcast
1: as well. Thanks again, Ken. Hey, thanks, George. I had a blast. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.